Hey, it's Pastor Ted Fabianic here from Faith Love Church in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to our podcast. We pray that when you listen to this, you'll be inspired and blessed to reach the best things that God has for you. Amazing. Just stand, just keep standing for a while and if your life goes up and down, up and down from one need to another to another. Uh, I believe that it's going to stop today. If you've had one blessing and then had to live off that blessing until it ran out, you had to get another one, this word's for you. If you're struggling with sin, this word is for you. If you're struggling with an issue in your body, this word is for you. If you're struggling that you've never had a promotion at work, this word is for you. If you're struggling with depression, this word is for you. If you're struggling in a relationship, this word is for you. If you have fear, this word is for you. If you feel that God doesn't want to bless you, this word is for you. If you feel ashamed, this word is for you. If you feel hopeless, this word is for you. If you go to sleep and you hate waking up because you've got to face it again, this word is for you. If you feel inferior, this word is for you. If you feel like it's over, this word is for you. If you feel like you're not worthy, this word is for you. If you feel like your family's not going to make it, this word is for you. If you look back and you can't stand your past because you feel that there's no future, this word is for you. If you ever have a gut feeling like, oh, I wish I could start all over again, this word is for you. If you look in the mirror and you go, I don't like the reflection I'm seeing, this word is for you. If you feel like you have no energy, this word is for you. If you feel like you have no dreams, this word is for you. If you feel like you have no more energy to give, this word is for you. If you've ever been told you can't do that, this word is for you. If you think I've done something, so therefore I can't expect this, this word is for you. I think I've covered it all. I believe that we are no longer going to be what we are today, but we're going to be better. I believe that without us knowing it, we've entered into a brand new season. There are times that God shouts it out and goes, hey, in the next coming time, you're going to get into something new. But I believe we as a church have entered into something new without realizing it. And the way we fast forward, what God's put us into is the recognition of what we stepped into. So Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you for today. I thank you that you're going to touch every person, every family, every business, every culture that we are involved in. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. That was the best beginning of a message I've had so far. Hey, let's give our worship team a band. Uh, I've, I've got my old Bible here. I want to just show you something that will really help you. The kingdom of God or the gospel of Jesus Christ starts in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. And where it finishes is in Revelations 22. Let me just find out where Revelation, what's the last chapter in Revelations 52? Even your pastor doesn't know that, so you must, I'm doing that to make you feel better. I feel like I just, I'll, I'll, I don't know, does anybody like me get back, I love, I've got everything on computer, but do you ever feel like you need to be tactile? Yeah. Oh, gee, I've never t- took so long to find this. Okay, Revelations 22, verse 21. So the gospel of what God wants to do in your life started in, Gen- in Genesis and finishes at Revelation. I was blessed to have a, a born-again rabbi, this rabbi, a messianic Jew, that he got dramatically saved and we, we had an opportunity to go out and um, have dinner and he took me to a Chinese restaurant. You know the guy's got to be born again when somebody doesn't believe in pork and any of that, he's eating it and loving it. And he said something to me that revolutionized the way I think about the gospel. He says, the first thing I did when I got saved, I got a whole Bible. And what I did is I took the part that says the old and the new. He just, he, for the first time he said something, if you want to know how blessed you are, you need to understand the roots of your blessing. So there are times the gospel of Jesus Christ, what he wanted to do, didn't start after John. It was there in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. So when we start to talk about God, what I want to talk to you about today, it is that the, God has always wanted you blessed. You were born to be blessed, and you were born to be a blessing to somebody else. Your purpose in life is to be blessed. And when you are blessed, then you can be a blessing. You cannot be a blessing if you are not blessed. So God created you, and what was the first thing he did? He blessed them. And ever since he blessed them, there has been an outrage of war against the blessing of God. Right from the moment, he said, I bless you. I want you to be fruitful and multiply in everything you have, everything you think. See, when he said, I want you to be fruitful and multiply, he said, I want your thoughts to multiply. Do you realize that you have a capacity to receive a supernatural thought every second of the day and never stop? You were created, even now under sin. Do you realize that your brain, that this, this amazing part that's in you, can live for three million years? Why would God do something like that and then just give you a short span of life? What we want to do today is want to give you a foundation for Easter. 
I love Easter eggs. How many of you love Easter eggs? Um, but when you eat an Easter egg, it doesn't make you more healthy. I want to see, we miss something. We want to prepare. So I want you to invite your friends, invite everybody. It's going to be amazing. But today's message is signed, sealed, and delivered. What I want to talk to you about today is when the Bible talks, when God speaks, it's not the custom that we are used to. The Bible is a covenant book. Now, I remember signing my first contract. The first time I ever took a loan was to buy a house. And what I realized, to buy a house, I had to enter a contract. So it was between me and the Commonwealth Bank. And there was a contract. And the contract was, if I do this, they will do this. As long as I keep my part, they'll keep their part. There was a contract that was totally based upon my performance. They would say, we will lend you this amount, and if you repay this per on a weekly rate until the loan is paid and until we get our interest, then we have fellowship. We can walk together. But, so, and, but here's the thing with a contract. A contract can be taken to a higher court and dismissed. Let me just show you something. The difference between a contract and a covenant, I want you to, before we start this, get this into your spirit. When every time God speaks, He's talking covenant. He's not talking contract. Now, the fundamental differences are this. While a contract is legally binding, a covenant is a spiritual agreement. When we talk about spiritual agreement, we're talking about something that is eternal. A contract is an agreement between two parties, while a covenant is a pledge. A contract is an agreement you can break, while a covenant is a perpetual promise. A contract happens between two parties. A covenant, that means a contract can, you can have the benefit of the contract as long as the two parties keep their end. But when God says when it's a covenant, it's a spiritual agreement. So when you start to see God's word is eternal, correct? Excuse me? So that means that when it's there, it's going to be forever. See, any contract, you can take it to a higher court and have it overturned. Isn't it amazing when you see in law, especially in family law, when a father or a mother dies and leaves an inheritance to the children. And if somebody gets a lesser amount, guess what they can do? They can take it to court and have it overturned. So a contract can be overturned if one or both of the parties have a disagreement. But when it comes to a covenant, it becomes eternal. Now let me show you what a covenant is. Now, So watch this carefully. A contract comes out of covenant. The reason we have a contract is because there was the first, the covenant was first, contract came second. 
So what we have in Scripture is this. God starts to speak to us on covenant terms, and man falls, and we take the covenant to a lower degree, and we turn it into a contract. So God doesn't speak in contract. Now, let me show you how this works. The difference is this. Before there was contracts, there were covenants. So if two people, let's say um, Pastor Victor and I, we decide, we're in the Old Testament now, okay? We're in Genesis. How, long, how young do we look? Now, we're there and we, and we want to have a business agreement. We, we just go, hey, you know, we're, together we're more stronger. So what we do is we want to have a covenant. You know what we would do? He would bring bulls, I would bring bulls, he would bring cows and sheep, we'd bring them together. Then we would slaughter them and cut them in half and then put each half on one end. So, if, so it's like this, if this was a cow and that was a cow, we'd kill them, so that's one cow, we'd cut it in half and we'd make a whole row. And so it looks like something like this. Do not be afraid when you read the Bible about the word blood. We've become so sanitized that we don't want to talk about it. But the Bible is full of blood. And the blood we're going to see is very significant. So what would happen is that we would come together so there would be a flow of blood. The word covenant means to cut. So what would happen now is that the animals are slain, the blood is flowing, then Victor and I would walk side by side, and we would stand right in the middle of the dead animals. And then we would do this. We would physically and verbally speak out the terms of the covenant. So what I would say, Victor, I promise to do this, 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 this. Then Victor, would we'd be both standing in the blood. Can you just, just watch this? Do you know how significant that is? If you've ever killed an animal, there's a smell. And if it's just being killed, there's a heat. There's a smell. There's, a, there's an aroma. There's a fragrance. It's, it, 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 it gets into your skin as you're sitting there. So then I would give it and he would give it. So we would give the terms of the blessing. So, wow, I can, so Victor would go this, say this to me now. Now I know what I can expect from you. I don't have to double-guess you anymore. I don't have to plead with you. I don't have to make some special arrangement. Now I know what I can have any given time. And I would do the same. And then we'd have that. This is a blessing. But then we would do like this. But then Victor could point to me and says, Ted, if you ever break the covenant... Let it be to you as the animals that we are standing in. That's called the curse. The blessing and the curse. If you keep the covenant, you can expect this. But if you break the covenant, look down. Death is going to be your expectation. So what would happen is we would both know if we keep our agreements, we don't have the death, but we have the life, correct? So when it comes to covenant, that's what he goes. So the first time that we have covenant, 
is written in here. Watch this. In Genesis 15. Now, God tells us this, that the father of our faith is started out as a man called Abram. And he goes, that's the father of your faith. So when we start to think about the word covenant, when God took Abram and he took him out of his household, and watch this. Now, I want you to see, Abram didn't start rich, but he ended up being the richest man in the Middle East. He, the guy was wealthy. He was so wealthy that he had an army that can defeat kings. He was feared and he was honored. He didn't start like that. He started by being a part of a household that worshipped idols. He, they depended upon each other. God takes him out, out of the source of his blessing, takes him in the wilderness, and then he says, I'm going to do something to you that your community, your family can never do to you. So if you are stuck because of the community you are in, if you are stuck because of the heritage you are in, this is absolutely good news. So he takes him out, and then God says to this, I'm going to have a covenant with you. But there's a huge difference in this. Now watch this. So God comes up to him. Now, uh, uh, let me just show you something here. I need you to go home and read Genesis 15, the, the whole lot. We just haven't got the time. But God says to Abraham, it starts off like this. In Genesis 15, God says to him, you're going to have a child. But he goes, my wife is barren. In other words, is that part of me is not producing. There is no production in it. And so what happens is this, and he goes to God, hey God, how can I tell if you're going to bless me? Good question. What is your assurance that you're going to bless? He says, God says to him, Abram, I am going to make you a father of nations. And he goes to me, that's an amazing promise. God, that is an awesome promise, but my wife cannot produce. I can't produce. So he asks questions. So he does this. God, where do I put my foundations so that I can have this? And God says to him, this, I'm going to make a covenant with you. Now watch this. In Genesis 15, he says, When the sun had set and the darkness had fallen, a smoking fire pot and a blazing torch appeared between the pieces. What private to this is God told Abram, what I want you to do, I want you to make a flow of blood. I want you to get the animals. I want you to cut them in half. And I want you to flow for the preparation of the covenant. Now, something interesting happens is this. On, the, on that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram and said, to you and your descendants, I will give this land from the Wadi of Egypt to the great river Euphrates. Or, uh, uh, the voice translation puts it this way, the eternal one, God. I will make a solemn promise to give this land to you and your descendants from the river of Egypt to the greatest, to the Euphrates River. I want you to know something here. The amazing thing that's happened here is that God didn't invite Abram to stand in the middle with him. 
When we mentioned, like I was talking about Victor and myself, we made a covenant, we both stood in it, but Abram was the spectator, and God himself went through. Now watch this. So when you, uh, going back to Genesis 15, 7, it says this. When the sun had set and the darkness is falling, a smoking fire pot of blaze torch between. Hold on, I have, here we go, here we go. When the word covenant, now what, just let me show you, in, in Hebrew, when you have a word, it's made up of words. So what you have, when you understand the word covenant, the word covenant, the, the Strong's is a, a Hebrew dictionary that's been translated into English to help us. So when you look at the word covenant in Strong's, it means this, to select the best, to have the choice meet the choices, to be fattened. So what God says, when I make a covenant, I give you the best. When Victor and I stood in between the animals that were slain, we gave our best. But what God has done, he's taken Adam, sorry, Abram out and he says this, I am going to give you the best. I am going to give you the choices. I'm going to give you that. So every time when you hear the voice of God or the word of God, you are getting the best. Every time... You open the scripture up. It is the very, very best. There is no more. So when we come to the Word of God, what you are holding on your iPhone or whatever means you read the Word of God, you cannot get any better than the Word of God. There is no higher cord that you can take this to nullify it, disqualify it, obsolete it. So when God's saying, every time you hear me speak, you're getting the best, you're getting the choices, you're not getting the lean, you're getting the fat. In the Bible, fat is good. Now watch this. When the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking fire pot with a blazing torch appeared through the pieces. Just want you to put this in because it's going to make sense in the latter part. When Jesus was on the cross, when they put him up on the cross, darkness fell on the globe for three hours while Jesus was pulled apart. So watch this. So, Adam, so Abram is outside and God walks into the middle and he makes a covenant with Abram. Guess what Abram is doing at the moment? Zipped up. He's not talking to Abram saying, if you make a mistake, then I'm gonna, it's going to nullify. It's between God and himself. Now watch this. In this covenant, God is cutting the covenant, not Abraham. Number two, Abram does not pass through the pieces, only the pot and the torch, which represents the spirit of the living God. 
Listen, because Abram does not pass through the pieces, he and his descendants are not a condition for the covenant. God is responsible for the fulfillment of the covenant and God alone. So the first time this covenant, now, I want you to get this clearly. This is the covenant that Jesus came to give you. So when we start talking about this covenant, God is saying this to you. I promise to bless you. I promise to heal you. I promise to prosper you. And there you are quiet. See, a contract is between two people. A covenant is between God. And then God says, I'll take the responsibility and make sure that it happens to you, even though you fight me. Watch this. So the Abrahamic covenant, number one, is unconditional. What happens is this. That's why you will hear this in this church. Unconditional love. It's unconditional. Why was it unconditional? Because Abram was not in the middle. If we don't get this, everything doesn't make sense. Because Abram is not agreeing with God. Abram is not petitioning God. It's God promising Abram. So what happens is this. It's unconditional. Number two, it's based on faith. In Genesis 5, 6, it says, And Abram believed God and trusted in His promises. So God counted it to his favor as righteousness. All Abram did was to believe. Isn't it amazing when Jairus' daughter had died, what did Jesus tell Jairus to do? Only believe. Only believe. All Abram had to do was to come into agreement with what God was saying. There was, he wasn't asking for an offering. He wasn't asking for every, anything. And guess, and the, the, the fourth part is this. It's based on God's promise. Listen to the promise that this is what happened in the covenant. In blessing, it's this, I will bless you. And in multiplying, I will multiply you. Your descendants, like the stars of the heavens and like the sands on the seashore, and your seed, your heir, will possess the gates of his enemies. And in your seed, he was talking about Christ, shall all the nations of the earth be blessed and by him bless themselves because you have heard and obeyed my voice. Pause for a moment. Just, just sit in this. I will bless you. I will multiply you. And he goes, you, and you will be blessed and your children will be blessed. In other words, watch this. That the blessing keeps going on and on and on and on and on. So it doesn't stop by Silva and I going to heaven. It's going to keep going on and on and on. So God is saying to you, I'm giving you an eternal blessing that has a beginning but has no end. And he goes, but it's not, you don't have to earn it. You don't have to do anything of it. So what we have is this. It's unconditional. 
It's received by faith and it's based on promises. All of this happened to Abram and all he did was this. God, I believe I come into agreement with all your promises. And from that moment on, everything that Abram touched turned to gold. It wasn't based on Abram. Abram had to leave his source to be blessed. Because what was happening here is that the source has changed. So what we have this now, watch this now. 430 years go by and the children of Israel mess it up. Isn't it amazing that we can mess something so good up? And when we have, that's the first covenant. There are three major covenants that we want to deal today. is the Abrahamic, Mosaic, and the New Covenant. So what we have here is that there is a covenant made. Now, God takes the children of Israel, He takes them out of Egypt by miraculous power and signs, and guess what the first thing they do is they mark it up. So Moses goes up to Mount Sinai, and he comes down. Now watch this. This is the Mosaic Covenant. So Moses is in the presence of God for 40 days. And this is what happens. He gets the Ten Commandments, plus he also gets statues. That's 613 others. And God is saying to you, he's going to the children of Israel now, let me show you who I am. Let me show you what I do and how you are to behave so that you can be blessed. So we have this covenant. So look at uh, Exodus 24, verse 3 out of the Message Bible. So Moses went to the people and told them everything God had said, all the rules and regulations. And listen to what they said. They answered in unison, everything God said we will do, or in other words, everything, everything you said, we can do it. Now just watch this carefully, the difference between Moses and the children of Israel. Moses, how did, how did Abram respond? I agree, I put my faith in you. How did the children of Israel respond? We can do it. We can do it. We can do it. Now, I want you to just see this into your spirit. The Mosaic law was put in place is to show you and I it is impossible by our own effort to come into the blessing of God without Him. Can you imagine? You've got the Ten Commandments, which is just hard. One of the commandments is just hard enough, right? He gives you Ten Commandments, and then He says, I've got 613 bylaws at the same time. So watch this. So we, we get the difference in covenant. And the difference in covenant is this. The Mosaic covenant is this. If you, do, if you keep your part, I'll keep my part. Now look at Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 28. How many of you love reading Deuteronomy 28? After this, you're going to love this even better. Now watch this. So this is the Mosaic covenant. If you fully obey the Lord your God, and carefully follow all his commandments I give you today, the Lord your God will set you on high above all the nations of the earth. All these blessings will come upon you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. 
You will be blessed in the city, and you will be blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed, and the crops of your land and your young of, of your livestock, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flock. God is saying to this, you're going to be blessed when you're sleeping. You're going to be blessed when you wake up. That means that you can't run away from blessing. That means you will be financially increasing while you're sleeping. Oh. That means that you don't have to put a hedge of protection around your livestock that God's going to do it. So he's saying to this, and you understand something here. He's saying this. This is a Mosaic covenant. This is what's called the law. You, every time you hear... Um, Paul and Jesus talking about the law. You know what he's talking about? He's not just talking about the Ten Commandments. He's saying, if the law is this. If you can obey, you will be blessed. If you don't, then something else will happen. So the Mosaic covenant was, if you. Now, watch this. In, but what happens? But what happens if you don't? Now, what this Mosaic Covenant comes into is in the beginning, like Victor and I had, is that if you keep your end of the bargain, I'll keep mine. But if you don't, then this will happen. Now, listen to this in Deuteronomy 28, 15 to 19. However, if you do not obey the Lord your God and do not carefully follow His commandments and decrees I am giving you today, all these curses will come on you and overtake you. I want you to notice something. You're going to get the very opposite to what you want. You will be cursed in the city. You will be cursed in the country. Your basket and your kneading trough will be cursed. The fruit of your womb will be cursed. And the crops of your land and the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. You will be cursed when you come in and you will be cursed when you go out. Watch this. So we have the first covenant, which is unconditional, accepted by faith, built on promises and built on God performing. The Mosaic covenant, the law, says this, if you can. Here's some of our problems with, the, with keeping the law, is all of us have different strengths, Correct? See, you cannot tempt me with a chocolate cake. I can walk by a dessert store without even blinking an eye. But you put me in a hawker center, and you got crab, you got meat, you got that. I, I tell you what, I get the shakes. Doesn't happen to doesn't happen to Pastor Silvey. But see, the thing is this: is we're all good at we're all good at keeping things that are our strength, but we are really poor in keeping our weaknesses. So what you find that the Mosaic Covenant targets your weaknesses to transform them. So without the Mosaic Law, you will keep on with your self-effort, self-improvement, self-creating so what we have is, number one, watch this. So the Mosaic Covenant, number one, is conditional. You have to fulfill all the commandments, 
all the time, 24-7. So when you, if you choose to live under the Mosaic Covenant, watch this, you have to keep the Ten Commandments, 613 bylaws, 24-7. Watch this. If you have a bad dream, you've just broken it. A car cuts in front of you, and you say nice things to them. What were you? Bang. Do you realize, with the Mosaic Covenant, you take one step forward and ten steps back? Stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. That means the moment you fail, the blessing stops. The moment you have a negative thought, the blessing stops. You can tell that with people. You can tell people that are under the Mosaic Covenant. Is this, is that the moment the blessing stops, the first thing they think about, who sinned? Because, we, because sin stops it. So what we have, it's conditional. N- number two, it reveals our sin. Look at Romans 7. This is Paul talking. In fact, it was the law that gave us a clear definition of sin. What the mosaic does, it spots all the blessing blockages. The mosaic covenant says if you get into this, you will block the blessing. If you try this, you will block the blessing. If you sleep around, you will block the blessing. If you do this, you will block the blessing. So what what the Mosaic Covenant did was to show people all the blockages that they are involved in that is stopping the blessing. So you don't have to double-guess yourself anymore. And number three is they were temporary. When God made the Mosaic Covenant, It had a use-by date, and the use-by date had a name, and the name was Jesus. So what happened with the Mosaic Covenant was all of these people said, we can do it, we can do it, we can do it. God says, have a go. And for all of these thousands of years, no one has ever been able to keep the law. People have put themselves into caves and lived like paupers trying to fulfill the Mosaic law. You can't do it. Ladies and gentlemen, why don't we we get really, really spiritual and go, I cannot keep the laws of God. It's so we have that were temporary until Jesus had come. Now watch this. This is in Galatians 6, 3, 16. says, remember the royal proclamation. God spoke over Abraham, Abraham and Abraham's child. And God said this to the promises that were made to pass on every child. Not to the children, but to the child. It is the son of promise, Christ himself. So when God spoke to Abraham, he says, in your seed. He didn't say seeds. He says, in your seed. When he was talking about the seed, not seeds with the S on it, he was talking about Jesus. And so what he said to Abraham, Abraham, the fulfillment, what is going to allow the whole world to be blessed because of you is going to happen because of one seed. Not two seeds coming into agreement. Not three seeds, not a movement. 
But he says, in your seed. Do you now realize when John the Baptist saw Jesus coming, the acceleration in his worship went from zero to a hundred. Finally, the end to this. Finally, I can stop trying. Finally, I can sleep. Finally, I will be blessed when I sleep. I will be blessed when I get up. My wife will be blessed. My children will be blessed. My house will be blessed. My car will be blessed. My body will be blessed. So when he, when you make, when you think about the birth of Jesus, why was there angel singing? Why was this huge announcement in the sky? Because that use by date has come. He says that that conditional, all of these things are now ending. Look at this. Galatians 3.14. And Jesus Christ dissolved the curse from our lives. So that in him all the blessings of Abraham can be poured out upon the Gentiles. And now through faith we receive the promised Holy Spirit who lives in us. Just, just think, just let, it, let it ponder. Go back to Deuteronomy 28. It says, if you can keep this, you can have this. But if you can't keep it, you get the curses. We're going to expand that a little bit more next week. But the Bible says now, you can read all the promises. And if you fail, they'll still keep working because he took the curse for your failure. So what has he done? Over here, we go right back to the unconditional blessings of God. He goes, Jesus Christ dissolved the curse from our lives so that in him all the blessings of Abraham can be brought upon the Gentiles. Do you realize that every blessing that Abraham, Sarah, their livestock, their properties received is now spiritually, legally, if I can use the term, covenantally yours. That you can go to something in your family that's barren and speak to it. You can speak to your body. Isn't that amazing? Just watch this, this covenant. Sarah, she didn't look in her own body. She goes, my body, my, my body's, the use by date's gone, but I've got a new use by date. It's called Jesus. And she says, I didn't count my body, but I looked at the promise. She says, it was the covenant that turned my womb around. So the covenant is bigger than anything you are experiencing. Now, let, let me read this to you in the, in the message translation. It, just, it, it brings it out further. Christ redeemed us from the self-defeating cursed life by absorbing it completely to himself. Do you remember the, what the scripture says? Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That is what happened when Jesus was nailed to the cross. He became a curse and at the same time dissolved the curse. And now, because of that, the air is cleared. And we can see that Abraham's blessing is present and available for non-Jews too. We are all able to receive God's life, His Spirit, in and with us by believing. Just the way 
Abraham received. Now, now, when you first read this, it's too good to be true. Religion has spewed out so many things that you and I need to do. But what does it say here? It says, what was, what was the covenant? Remember, covenant cannot be changed. It's spiritual. So this covenant, the old Mosaic covenant is still there if you practice it. And he says this, the covenant said this, if you keep your end of the bargain, God will keep his end. So get a lot of this. Just, just watch this. Where is the weak link in this? You. In the Mosaic covenant, the weak link is not God because he is all-powerful. The weak link is you. So watch this. So the person stopping the blessing in the Mosaic covenant was you, not God. You know what God says to you in this? He says, why don't you take your eyes off you and put it back on me? Why don't you trust me to keep it, not you? Why, why are you always looking at yourself? Do a Sarah. I might be old. I might, I might not turn heads when I'm walking down the road. You know, the paparazzi are not taking my picture. I haven't been asked to model the new dress. But I've been asked, but I'll tell you what, next I'm going to go into this room and Abram and I are going to do something spiritual in marriage. And when I walk out of here, I'm going to be so noticed is because I went in as barren, but I'm walking out with a child of promise. What her body couldn't do, the covenant did. Yeah. You good? We're going we're gonna to unpackage this more. I, I, this is just to get you warmed up. Is, is that okay? And so what happens is this. Just what, I'm gonna, ooh, I've been going for quite a while. Is this okay? Because you've been stuck for so long. Come on, you can, you can handle a little bit more, can't you? So when every time the Bible says in people trusting the law, it's talking about that people are trying to earn and attain and keep their end of the bargain to get the blessing. So when God is not saying that the law is bad, without the law you don't know that you're weak. But what he's saying is this, if you are using the Mosaic covenant to be right with God, you will fail. If you are using the Mosaic law, the Ten Commandments, doing right, speaking right, acting right. And God says, it doesn't work. I took the curses. Listen to me carefully. You can live with the curse, but you can't break the curse. Only Jesus can break the curse. And you know what? We're going to have communion in a second. I want you to just now show you, look through communion with brand new eyes. Every time blood is mentioned, it's speaking of covenant. So what I need you to do right now is I need you to stop trying to impress God with your strength 
And I want you to stop hiding your weaknesses as if God doesn't know it. It's so easy to lie to hide. Come on, we all do that. We all exaggerate our strength. I, I do. I look in the mirror and I go, you are so handsome. Oh, no wonder Silva loves you. No wonder. Man, you, you should be a model. Every, every, every now and again, I just walk through the house. It, so this is, this is what happens. This is my strength. My strength is no longer in my strength, and I no longer hide in my weaknesses. Now, when we start talking about the communion, I want you to have a look at this verse. Now, watch this. I, I love this. I, 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 I did this this morning for myself. So, just before Jesus, listen to this. This is what amazes me. Just to give you a bit of prelude. Jesus goes, I have been waiting to have this meal with you. I want you to know, Jesus, Jesus could have said, I'm waiting to get you into heaven. I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm waiting to give you an extra foot so you're foot taller. I'm waiting to buy you a new Mercedes so you can drive better. He's, he's not doing any of that. What, what he's doing is this. He goes, I have been waiting. I have, everything that I have done has accumulated to this one event. What is it? I want to break bread with you. And I go, oh, come on, get, come on. As a kid, I used to go, get the communion over and done with. Every time I was a kid, the communion goes, I wonder if that, why don't they change the flavor? I am sick and tired of raspberry. Why don't they have fizz? What? You know, you know we, 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 but the Bible says this. It says, I've been waiting to do this. And listen to this in verse 26 of Matthew 26. And Jesus ate. And Jesus took the bread. And what did he do? Church, come on, what did he do? Shout it out. Blessed it. Jesus, what just, what just. Genesis 1.28. And he what? Blessed them. Do you realize that he's resetting their lives? The world's talking about a great reset. We need a great spiritual reset. God says, and he blessed the bread. Wouldn't you think that whatever Jesus touched would be blessed? But he says, now I'm taking this and I'm going to bless it. Now watch this. Whatever is blessed will go into whoever eats it and will produce whatever he has eaten. Isn't it amazing if you take something that is corrupt, as in food-wise, and you eat it, what does your body try to do? Get, get it out. It'll come here the two ends. Your body is designed to remove anything that destroys the body. And here's Jesus saying, when you eat this bread, you will be blessed. And he blessed it and broke it. How do you make a covenant? You break the animal. And he gave it to his disciples. Watch this, watch this. Come on. I'm going to take longer because I need so, you need to be blessed. I want you to notice he didn't put it on the table and just go, well, if you feel worthy, why don't you take it? 
Why don't you just examine, do, do, do what you normally do. And, and then if you feel worthy, come and take it. What did he do? Do you realize what he did? He individually broke it. And he gave it. Grace. You don't have to beg for it. He broke it and he gave it. Now guess what? And then what they did is they ate it. Now watch this. As long as it is held, it doesn't do my body any good. As long as I sing about it, as long as I talk about it, the Bible says you've got to eat it. Let me just go deep a little bit here. How do you eat the bread? Let me show you. Let's go back to, let's go back to Abram. God made the promises. What did Abram do? He believed. The way you eat the bread is by coming to agreement with your faith. Can it be any simpler? Wow, I've been preaching for 49 minutes and you don't even know it. How good. That's a miracle in itself. Come on. That means every day you can do this. The way you partake of the blessings to come in agreement with it. Then he said to them, then he said to them, This is my body. Eat it. Can I just say something to you? Watch this. He just said, This is my body. Whole lot. He didn't say, Hey, have my finger. Have my big toe, have my liver. Now watch this. You know what he was saying? He says, take my whole body. Skin is in the body. Cells are in the body. The liver is in the body. The kidneys are in the body. The spine is in the body. The heart is in the body. The DNA is in the body. The life is in the body. The energy is in the body. The vitality is in the body. Do you realize that by taking of that, you are getting what Jesus was when he walked on the earth? Just think about that. Take it, this is my body. He didn't say, take it, this kind of represents my body. And um, yeah, look, look, probably needs a bit of salt and pepper. He says, take it, all of it. Then taking the cup of wine, he gave it to the Father and he entered into covenant with them. He entered into covenant with them. I was expecting a little bit more. Now, just think about this. What covenant is he talking about? The Abrahamic covenant. He's going, you have been operating under performance. I am now taking that and giving it to you. So right now, if you have received Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have entered into covenant. And he's saying, this is my blood. Each of you must drink it in the fulfillment of the covenant. So the covenant as long as it is not accepted by faith, cannot do the performance of it. 
for this is the blood that seals the new covenant. It will be poured out for many for complete forgiveness of sins. Church, right now, if you've got your bread, we're gonna, I'm going to believe for miracles. Will you stand with me? Not, not, not just stay seated, but in your faith. Let's start to believe that there's going to be dramatic change in all of our lives. Let's start to believe that something amazing. Look, if you haven't got it, just put your hand up. Our, our amazing ushers will. Right now, just want you to hold it. And this is my prayer. Jesus, everything that was in you, I want it in me. Jesus, I want everything. I, God, I've been nibbling. I, I, I've been on the outer. I, Father, I want the health of Jesus to be my health. I'm believing that every cell in my body, every dead nerve ending, every condition, I want to challenge you to go home today and then read the curses. Why would you want to read the curses? Because it tells you everything that has been erased by the blood of Jesus. I remember doing this in, the, in, in our lounge room. I, I was reading and I had the Holy Ghost tell me, I want you to read the curses. And I said to God, no, excuse-moi, I, I don't read curses, I read the blessings. And then, and this is what the Holy Spirit says, read the curses. And if you can see any of them in your life, you have the authority to stop it. So the first time I read the curses with the view of the blessing. And every time, every curse that I saw that was still relevant in my life. And I, there was one curse that God spoke to me about and God made a, a significant, not a significant, but made an immediate difference in my family. Because all of a sudden I looked at it and I go, well, hold on, hold on. I, I shouldn't have that. That doesn't belong to me. Why? Because of the blessing of God. So right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just release your faith. Father, we release your faith in this congregation. Father, in those that are watching, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that as we partake of this, Father, that we will have the health of Jesus in us. In Jesus' name, I pray. Why don't you take it? The cup, the life and the power and the energy of everything of life is in the blood. And the Bible says this reminds me of the covenant, the covenant that's number one, unconditional, a covenant that is by faith, a covenant that's built on promises. And Father, right now, I take this because I'm coming into agreement that I have a covenant with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, let's drink it. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, 
Father, we declare every single curse to be broken. Father, in the name of Jesus, every family, every body, every financial situation, whatever it might be, Father, in the name of Jesus, we are no longer working and performing to be blessed. But Father, we have entered your blessing. And Father, I pray from today onwards that Father, we will be so conscious that we have a covenant with Jesus. That Father, we have entered in and we come into full agreement with it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on, let's give God a hand.